Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. And our top story today, the video game industry is feeling the squeeze after a pandemic boom. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Colette Bennett is with thestreet.com. Colette, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us in the program this morning. Yeah, thank you again for having me. I always enjoy coming on. Yeah, well, we enjoy having your your uh, thoughtful analysis. And, you know, the video game industry really, like the streaming industry, which we're going to talk about in segment two, had a great boom during the pandemic. But it seems like things may have fallen off a little bit in terms of gaming. I want to get your thoughts and analysis on this. For sure. Um, you know, I mean, no brainer, right? Like anything that people did a lot of inside, um, they are now, you know, vaccinated or, you know, feel that COVID is not the same kind of threat as it once was. And so they are feeling safer about, you know, going out into the world and, um, you know, doing more social things, masks off. And so I think as a result, um, you know, Streaming is suffering, of course. You know, we've all seen, you know, Netflix's earnings reports this year. They're obviously way down. Um, you know, gaming is down somewhat. But I think that it's interesting, right? Because, like, you see reports out there that are like, gaming is down. But it depends on what way you're looking at the overall industry. So, um, you know, uh, when you look at, for instance, like, um, there was a story that you had sent me in regards to Activision Blizzard and they had less people playing the popular um, shooting game Call of Duty. Um, for people who haven't heard of it, it's like a military simulator. But then what is not mentioned in that article is that uh, Blizzard also launched a game from one of their very popular franchises called Diablo this year for mobile. It was called Diablo Immortal. And in its first month, it made something like, I don't know, like $11 million. So <laughs> it's um, uh, it. it it depends on how you look at it, basically. I mean, yes, bottom line, definitely a little less. But I think it's interesting as well because um, gaming is something that, and you can you know see this over time, it's continued to um, grow. You know, the industry keeps getting bigger and bigger. So even with this little down bump, I do feel like it's going to continue to grow. Like I know that um, it's still. I can't remember the number, but I think it's like twenty thirty you know, we will see it increase by something like a billion dollars. So it, yeah. So the industry on the whole, I think will keep growing, but I do think that it's natural to have a hiccup where, you know, we all spent years, some of us inside and we really want to get out. Um, But I don't think it's going to, it's, I don't think it's going to be an Achilles heel for gaming on in the big picture. And we've seen services like Netflix and others create streaming and primes, Amazon's another, Uh, this has come down to the quality of the games you mentioned, Diablo, which is a very famous franchise, Call of Duty, Madden, uh, but has the quality of the, you know, is it like streaming? And again, which we're going to talk about in the second segment, but, you know, Netflix and everyone and their mother has been creating shows. I would argue that the quality isn't that great. Is it the same with 
gaming. Uh, maybe the games aren't that great. And why would I spend more money on a game that I don't like? Well, you know, it's interesting. That's a great question. Um, for me, a person who's been involved with games for a little over 30 years, I feel like I have only seen the quality of graphics, storytelling, mechanics continue to go up on the whole. Um, however, one thing that I think, honestly, I think this is the bigger issue with streaming as well is that the market is so glutted. Um, you know, when Netflix started, it kind of innovated the streaming market and, you know, it was the only big game in town. Now you have every, you know, major, you know, you have Paramount, you have Hulu, you have so many different ones trying to get in on that pie that it's no longer just, you know, like you have my only attention. And with games, there's actually a similar phenomenon going on. Whereas uh, when I was younger growing up, um, you know, to purchase 50 or $60 big titles was kind of more what was the norm, you know, Nintendo's Mario and Zelda, things like that. But now there is a huge indie population in the gaming space. And often those folks are making really tremendous games, amazing storytelling, amazing mechanics. And those games are like half the price of what we call triple A's, which is like a 60 to $70 game. So I think that also is hurting stuff like Call of Duty because there was a time at which Call of Duty was like the only type of game like that in its class. And now there are very talented independent designers making things like that or in the same realm of that. And their game costs $20 instead of 70. Yeah. So, and, and, and to that point, I mean, there, you know, th these games, there is that crossover with Hollywood. I mean, you know, I remember Command and Conquer. That was really the first time that actors and actresses from Hollywood were actually in some of the 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 scenes that happen yeah but now this is a, a commonplace and and you know that that has you talk about cost that adds a layer of cost to production because you're paying an actor they're not cheap to get like a you know a, a mainstream actor actress to do the voice or to be in in a um in a in a game so you know again they're becoming there's a lot of crossover and they're it's actually like becoming almost like streaming yeah, it's it's actually really exciting as far as you mentioned the movie and game crossover because historically uh, film adaptions of video games have been like really bad. Like in the gaming community, they're just kind of like, they're not well done. They don't understand, you know, the story or the nuances or whatever. But in the last couple of years, we've had a couple of adaptions. Um, I think Detective Pokemon was one of them with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie this year made some like enormous amount of money. Like it was like the second top grossing film for like months and months and months. And people are starting to come out of these movies and go like, that was actually good. And so that's kind of exciting, I think, because it seems like it's been an area that film hasn't really known how to handle. And now it seems like whoever is in there is starting to understand better how to tell those stories and make them, you know, not hokey or poorly acted or like they're they're starting to nail it. But not everything, but, you know, some which is very hopeful for more. I wonder if the Hollywood going back. Uh, this is the last question before we go to the end of the segment to the next segment, a commercial break. But I wonder if when they're creating these movies, if they it seems obviously there, you know, you think of the Aliens franchise, you mentioned Sonic the Hedgehog, Star Wars, other franchises, Marvel, where they actually try to create a marketplace for a spin-off series in gaming. And I and I wonder if that is the intention because, you know, hey, you, you liked it on the big screen, now you can play it on the little screen and you can do like I think about 
Attack of the Clones from the Star Wars franchise. And you know that scene where um, I, I'm a Queen Amidala, Padme is kind of jumping and avoiding the, uh, the the melting smelting pot and all that kind of stuff. That to yeah. me seemed like a video game, and I wonder if they're doing that intentionally. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I, I do know that you know now. Uh, versus the past, it seems like um, in film, you know, we have a lot more of like, oh, like the Fast and the Furious was did well, let's make two, let's make three, let's make four. I know game makers, I've noticed, have had a trend towards not just having a game, but trying to grow a franchise around the game. So uh, you're probably familiar with the Final Fantasy series. It's like very high profile. So Final Fantasy, you should just be like, bup, you get the game, that's it. But the last one they did was like, here's the game, here's a movie that is connected to the game's story that you won't get the story unless you watch the movie. Here's an animated series, which is another part of the story you won't get in the game. And then they put out several downloadable content packets later to allow like the, the world to be bigger. So I think the idea, right, is of course, uh, not only to expand the world, but also all of those different things are making money. So it's not just like we get your $60, it's like we get, you know, $150. And that is ideal for the creators. I mean, it's it. This is a these both Hollywood and gaming. It's it's a billion dollar, billions of dollars are flowing in, and I don't see yep. that stopping anytime soon. Colette, as I said, I need to take a quick commercial break. We come back. Are the streaming wars over? You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, both absolutely free, for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-504-8194. 
Welcome back. I'm joined this morning by thestreet.com's Colette Bennett. Colette, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Happy to be here. All right, so we're going to transition now. And again, I think there, there's a symbiosis here between the streaming and gaming, but we're going to trans, transition to streaming. And I'll ask you a very generic question. Are the streaming wars over? I don't think they're over, but I think we're at a very interesting space. As I said in our first segment, um, you know, it's it's badly overcrowded. And I've heard one more than one friend or seen one, more than one person on social media say, at this point, I would just like to pay one price and get all of the things wrapped up. And it's like, oh, you mean cable? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when you said so, that, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, so we're going back to the cable, the cable yeah. model. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's almost like it's gone a full circle. And I thought inevitably that did look like where it would go. And, and it kind of is. Um, I think that that it's gotten to a, a crowding point. Um, you know, as we said earlier, Netflix obviously is now suffering. And interestingly enough, I don't really think it's necessarily Netflix's content. I just think that it's not that Netflix is not as unique as it was when it first, you know, debuted and defined that space. So I actually am curious uh, if. I'm really curious to see what the next thing is, because I feel like it's time for someone to come up with some sort of like all access pass. Like, I don't think it'll look like cable where you have a box, but it, memberships are huge right now in like every media space. It could look like, you know, I don't know. I have a some sort of streaming key or membership and you get to choose like multiple like streaming services. However, I don't really know how that would work because as it currently stands, like everybody's kind of at war trying to get you to like sign up for their service. So it's, it's a conundrum, but I don't think it's just going to keep going in the way that it is. It's because it's getting too crowded. That's my opinion. Yeah. And what about Discovery Plus and I think it was HBO Max going to more, they're, they're consolidating dating and I think it's HBO Max, but I could be wrong. It, it, irregardless, uh, or regardless, I should say, because I don't think irregardless is a word, but regardless, <laughs> I think, um, uh, you know, the, the people are now going from away from a uh, you know, paying a fee like they do on Netflix and maybe going to more this free, this free with ads type of model. Mm -hmm. um, is that the future? And, and if that is, how can you pay without the $9.99 recurring revenue uh, every month or whatever the fee is, how do you pay for all this content? Sure. That's a perfect question. Um, I think, so I think there's two pieces to that. I think with the ad supported models, what they're trying to do is go, okay, if we're not going to get your full $9.99 or whatever that price is, let's get some portion of that price out of you. And what I think they're relying on is if you watch with ads that you'll get irritated enough by the ads to eventually cave and sign up for a no ads program. I know that I myself have definitely been you know, that's something that I have done um, where I thought I could take the ads and then I'm like, no, oh, God, I can't handle this. They make them very annoying, too. Like, I think it was Hulu where like you'd hit a point where an ad would come in, but they would make you watch like three videos in a row. And so I think, you know, it, it it's quite annoying. In mobile, you see the same thing in games and apps and stuff. It gets the ads become so annoying that I think they're relying on the idea that, oh, yeah, we'll offer you this and it's free or it's low cost. But you know, the conversion is really what they're looking for. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when uh, third quarter earnings come out, what, if that's actually helped any of these companies or if they're still kind of, you know, struggling to figure out how to recapture 
Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see where it goes. I don't, I'm not bothered by the ads. I have to tell you, I mean, I think the ads are kind of goofy and, but it doesn't bother me that in order to watch, we use like Tubby and Crackle and some of the other, uh, I think Hulu we use, we're on a trial basis. Um, it, it doesn't, you know, you pay some flat fee and then you get some, uh, ads. It doesn't really bother me, but I guess, are we at a point where you, you talked about maturation in the entertainment industry or the uh, gaming industry? Are we at a point where, hey, we're just not going to create as much content? I mean, I think the number was Netflix was in the billions in terms of creating content. Now, is it, are we at a point where there's maturation in the market and viewers are so judicious about where they, where they apply their time that now we're not going to see this quote-unquote creative spell where we're going to see more and more content being created. It's going to be a lot more judicious. Yeah, I hope so, honestly, because I do feel like, you know, there is, and there's a million studies on this about like the natural point of consumer overwhelm where there's just too many decisions. You know, with Netflix, it's like you have an option where you can be like, just pick something for me because there's too much. Um, You know, people joke about spending more time looking at their, their cues of things they've saved to watch than they do actually watching the things. Um, so, you know, I think that this would be, I think we may inevitably see more streaming services kind of like narrow in, like you said, and, you know, try to choose more carefully. Like I always love to use this as an example. Uh, Netflix had such a big, uh, hit. I think it was last year with Squid Game, the Korean show, but they have been blasting Korean content onto their platform for years and years and years. And that was their first big hit. So, I mean, ideally, right. Like that must cost a ton of money. So I guess the point is, uh, you know, to try to find another something else that will succeed like that without having to buy six dozen, you know, properties before that that don't make a huge impact. So uh, I think we'll see changes with Netflix this year on the whole, especially if they're not starting to see like big changes by their next earnings round. So um, we'll see because they are really um bleeding to death, so to speak, as it currently stands. And as you may already know, they're trying to put some money into building a video game streaming yep. uh, all on mobile. But um, so far, it's not. It hasn't performed really strongly for them. So yeah, that, it's I, interesting. I, I, One thing's it, for sure, things will change. Like, things yeah. will continue to change. You I, know? I, I think so. But in some of that, some of that bleeding may be self-inflicted. I think we're going to have to see, like you said, uh, you know, so much of this is predicated on earnings and what they earn and the number of subscribers. People watch that stuff and it's being monitored. And, you know, I don't think the streaming wars are over by any means. I think the streaming wars, no. the tactics will change. Colette Bennett, great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you, Jeff. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to. Drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content or visit our website and of course our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic 
on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts, so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.